Hey everyone, what's up? Hope everyone is doing well today. This is Coach Cookie, your life and relationship coach. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear, please give the podcast a like, comment, and don't forget to share with your family and friends. To all my regular listeners out there, welcome back. And I want you to know that you're greatly appreciated. Here at Rising Higher, I'm going to give you some snippets for success to not only help you to survive, but to help you thrive. Now, in today's episode, I want to talk about how you know when it's time to start dating after narcissistic abusive relationship. But before we do that, let's talk about the high points from last week's episode when I talked about the mindset of the narcissist. Now, in this episode, I discuss what the narcissist's dirty little secret is. Yes, the narcissist has a dirty little secret that they don't want you to know. And that dirty little secret is the root of why they behave the way that they behave. And I went on to explain their entire mindset, their personality, and abuse system so you can know what to look out for in order to protect yourself. If this sounds interesting, and if you need to learn more about it, again, it's called The Mindset of the Narcissist. Now, today on Cookie's Commentary, I want to focus on people that you are around who are jealous and envious of you. Now, this is going to be a big issue that is going to be around you consistently as you're going through your healing journey. Yes, it's hard to believe, but this is something that I'm going to share with you. And it's hard to believe that this has actually happened. And these people could be your so-called friends, your co-workers, your bosses. And yes, sometimes it's even the family members. So... If you are one of those people who have a very big presence and you may also dress really nice, everybody likes you, you know, you just the life of the party, that type of person. Jealous people will always aim to dim your light. You know what I mean? They would try to always uh, bring out some flaws or things that that's wrong about you. It upsets them to see you smiling and happy and living your best life and loving yourself. A second sign that someone is jealous and envious of you is sometimes you can just sense it. You know what I'm talking about? You can feel some negative energy. For example, they won't talk to you as much as others may talk to you. Or they may give off this negative vibe to you like, yeah, whatever. I just don't want to be around you like that. Or I don't like you like that. Remember, your intuition never lies. Don't second guess yourself. Whatever you feel is the truth. Now, a jealous person's biggest weapon is to ignore you in an attempt to undermine you and make you think that you don't matter. Remember, these people are ego-tripping most of the time and you don't have anything to do with how they are acting towards you. They're just immature and they're in their feelings because they think that you think that you're better than them. Okay, that's crazy, ain't it? But it's true. This is why they ignore you and make you feel like you don't exist. They don't let you know about things that interest you, that uh, they know that you want to attend or that you want to be a part of. You know what I'm talking about, the family reunion or that staff cookout. When you call your friend or that so-called friend, they're at the function, but you didn't let, they didn't let you know anything about it. You didn't get an invitation. And then they'll lie and tell you, I thought you knew about it. Now, they know you didn't know about it. 
they don't want you there because you are the outgoing popular person and if you're there the jealous person won't look at won't look good and get all the attention you know they want to get all the attention but of course we know that one day like these fake ass people will pop up and say hey what's up what's going on how you doing now now last week (laughs) <laughs> they don't want to have anything to do with you. But this week, they try to talk to you. But be careful and wait for it. And wait for it. Because it's coming. They're going to need something or they want something from you. Don't give in. Don't do it. Now, you're doing so good. You got rid of that narcissist in your life. you taking care of your kids. You went back to school. You got a degree. You got a career. You're building your business or you got a new car. But for some reason, these so-called friends that are jealous of you will never acknowledge it. Why don't people acknowledge what I'm doing? I've worked hard for my accomplishments and where I'm at right now. It's so clear. And it's out in the open. Everybody knows that I'm a photogenic. Everybody knows that. I'm a model. Everybody knows that I'm the greatest mechanic. I'm the best beautician. I just wrote a book about my life story. But why is it that when you get around people or friends or others that you're supposed to be close to, they don't want to give you words of encouragement and tell you how far you've come and how proud they are of you. They don't want to give you credit about what you're trying to do and the positive things in your life. They won't do that, but they will discredit you. They will put you down. And they will never acknowledge all the good things you're doing in your life. Now, I know a lot of people out there can relate to this because there's never anyone around to support your dreams and uplift you and celebrate with you. Listen to all my listeners out there today. I'm going to let you know that while you're doing good, And you're getting stronger during your healing journey. You're enjoying life and you have positive things happening for you. This tends to stir up jealousy and envy in another person. Trust me, the problem is not you. It's them and they're not happy with themselves. When you're able to recognize this, then you won't allow anyone to kill your vibe and take your energy. Don't allow these energy vampires make you feel bad or make you come down to their level instead of reacting to jealous envious people just respond never react you know what i always say stop doing so much talking never give them the reaction that they want because they want you to get upset and freak out and be angry like them you know the old cliche misery loves company to all my warriors out there stay strong because if you react in a negative manner to a person who is jealous of you they have won and you have given them all the power don't do that the best thing to do is ignore it and act like it doesn't exist if it helps don't go around that person so much or get close to these people during your healing journey because they are toxic And they have work to do within themselves. And it's just not your problem. So continue to live your dreams. Live your best life. Be the life of the party. And that bright star. I hope this message 
would help and encourage someone today. If you think that this is something that you may be struggling with, hit me up on my website at risinghigherlife.com and schedule a one-hour free consultation. And let's find out if you can benefit from one-on-one coaching. So now today on Keeping It Real, I have a question from Tanisha and she says, Hey Coach Cookie, I've had some friends and people in romantic relationships that have ghosted me. I want to know why people do this to me and is it okay to ghost someone? Let me break this down first by explaining what ghosting is. Ghosting means when a person without explanation stops responding or cuts communication with another person. Uh, They end the relationship without giving closure to the other person. Ghosting is a form of silent treatment and going no contact. Matter of fact, some people call it no contact. Some people call it ghosting. It's not only related to romantic relationships, but friends, families, uh, employers, employees. Now, in normal circumstances, it's downright disrespectful to ghost a person. It leaves them with no idea as to if the relationship is over or why you're not responding. It can trigger abandonment fears, uh, damage your self-esteem and make you feel like you're not good enough. The victim may become depressed. Uh, They have anger or hatred for not being able to to contact the person and get answers or closures from them. The first big question here is why do people ghost you? A lot of times people may ghost you when they become afraid or uneasy about a situation and they don't know how to communicate how they feel. Sometimes a person is ready to take the relationship further are faster than what they wanted to but you wouldn't listen to them about how they felt or they couldn't put the words together to be what you wanted uh, the easiest way out sometimes it's just to ghost you you could have triggered an emotion from some past abuse that they couldn't handle and again they don't know how to deal with that and discuss that with you or when they tried to discuss it with you you weren't receptive of what they were trying to tell you then on the other hand you have some people that ghost you because they were just not serious about being your friend or being in a romantic relationship with you in other words their goal was to do was to do nothing but use you either for sex a place to live for a while or to take all your money Once they got what they wanted and what they came for, they're gone. Most of the time, they know that they hurt you, but the truth of the matter is they don't really care. Now, some people may have suffered a narcissistic injury and decided to punish punish you. And the best way they know how to punish you is by not communicating with you and leaving you. Okay? Now, these are just a few reasons why someone would ghost you. When this happens in the very beginning... Take a step back, take a deep breath, and wait. Do not assume anything until you have the facts, until you have proof. So send a message asking if everything is okay. Wait two or three days. Follow up with something like, I'm a little confused as to why I haven't heard from you, uh, as I thought things were going really well between us. However, wishing you the best. Glance at your social media accounts to see if they're not hurt or going through a crisis situation if you thought that person was kind 
and lovable. And it just so happened that they turn out to be someone else. Keep your head up and remember that you deserve better. Please don't start any drama by trying to get in contact on fake accounts or fake email addresses and make them feel guilty. Let me just go on a birthday bubble for you right now. That's not going to work. And you're going to make yourself look real desperate, real crazy, like you done lost your mind. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Do not blame yourself. It's about them and their issues. Even if they do struggle with dealing with their emotions, they still chose to ignore your feelings. But uh, they, they, they chose to ignore your feelings by, by not sending a simple text. Again, you deserve better. Grieve the loss and move on. Now, to answer the second half of this question, is it okay to ghost a person? If you have experienced abuse, harassment, or stalking from an abuser, or you are concerned for your safety and emotional well-being, I would say yes. It's best to leave this person and ghost them. You have no obligation to explain your actions to a person who has abused or harassed you or stalked you. Trying to explain anything will give them the opportunity to make you uh, guilty, uh, make you the guilty person and them the victim. Don't do it. It's not worth it. If they abuse you, don't give them an explanation and move on. Now, if your safety is not an issue when you ghost a person or what you may be ghosting them because you just need peace of mind, but actually your safety is not really an issue, okay? Be polite and at least send the person a simple text. You can still block them after sending sending them a text. Uh, It can be something as simple as, this is not working for me. Please don't ask me to explain and then block them. If you need closure after being ghosted, we may need to talk. Go to my website at risinghigherlife.com and set up an appointment for our for a free one-hour consultation to see if you could benefit from one-on-one coaching. So now let's get into the name the main topic of the day so we can discuss how you will know when you are ready to date after narcissistic abuse. I get this question a lot because a lot of people after they leave the narcissist they still attract toxic partners and they don't understand why that is happening. This is such a huge topic and of course, ultimately, it is healthy to want to create a love relationship, but when is it healthy to start dating after abuse? This is something that you really need to be mindful of and make sure we do our homework, but you know what I'm going to tell you? that a lot of that homework is going to consist of working on yourself. Now, this is a very important topic, and I'm happy to be able to address it because this is vital information to make sure that we get involved in healthy relationships. The first thing I want to bring up is that no one can make you happy and give you what you need but yourself. Now, I know that sounds really backwards because once upon a time, I resisted this truth. I mean, I really struggled with it. In fact, self-love to me couldn't happen unless someone else was involved. The thought of taking myself out to dinner, child, please. (laughs) The thought of enjoying my own company, I don't think so. (laughs) The thought of traveling alone to experience the wonders of the earth or the world, uh uh-uh, that wasn't going to happen. So, 
I can totally understand and I can relate to what it used to be like because I would be thinking, I am no one without a partner or I'm a failure without a partner. Now, in the past, I would be too embarrassed to admit this, but it's true. And it's important for me to be able to talk about this topic because this is an extremely dangerous position to be in. Because when it came to continuing or walking away from a relationship, my head would convince me why I would need to continue and stay in the relationship. And at times, I would justify all the reasons why I shouldn't leave. The real reason why I didn't spend time alone with myself was simply because I did not want to face the emptiness associated with the pain from my childhood wounds. So I want everyone to keep in mind that a lot of our choices to stay in toxic relationships is coming from fear and neediness. When I would be dating a man, I would be saying things to myself like, Ooh, you're really hot. You're really sexy. You're really cute. You're handsome, even though you're clearly a bad boy, but I'm sure I can tame you. Or, he's a good pick. He has potential. Things don't really look right. They don't really feel right with you. But, you know, I'll try for a little while. Let me see what happened anyway, okay? Yep, I was a mess after divorcing that pastor from a church narcissist. I had that whole bad boy thing attraction going on. For the most part, they were all narcissists and each one kept delivering evidence of my inner wounds over and over again. Today, all I can say is thank God that I healed from all that past trauma. Thank you, Lord, because when I was out there, I was out there. When I went through it, I went through it. I mean, child, please. So it's really important for me to share my story because it's all too common because now I'm dealing with these same issues in my coaching sessions. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. While I share my personal experience of what I went through, for those of you who didn't know, I have been through narcissistic abuse um, most of my adult life and unconscious relationship during most of my adult life and from my childhood, I had the belief that if I could just find out all the things that were wrong about the men before I dated them, then I would be able to choose the right man. Believe it or not, this was my approach to recovery. I didn't believe that there was any value in doing a relationship fast. You know what I'm talking about. You stop dating for a while and find yourself blah, blah, blah. No, I didn't think that was necessary. Wow, Coach Cookie, why do you say that? Well, the truth is that at the time in my life, I was depressed without a man. I consistently put off the things in my own life that my soul had been nudging me to do because I was too busy living the urgency of securing a man. There was also a man, there was always a man in my life, one short-term relationship after the next, and the same themes would continue to appear like control, incompatibility, and lack of respect. 
I was all I was always second guessing myself. I was confused and I would be hanging on trying to change and fix men's behavior. When I would finally realize the relationship was not going to work, I would come back to the shock of having experienced yet another man who didn't love me and didn't support me. Like so many people who have been narcissistically abused, I was terrified that I was a failure when it came to picking a partner. After really spending time with myself, I learned that I wasn't a failure when it came to picking a partner, but that I was going to continue to attract toxic men until I healed from my inner room, my inner wounds. Now, most of the time we think that we need a man or a woman to make us happy, but in reality, they're making us miserable and keeping us from the opportunity to heal the one real relationship we need to get right, which is the relationship with ourselves. Yes. That's the big homework assignment that you need to do is self-reflection so you can heal. Ooh, all I can say is praise God. Eventually, this light bulb clicked in my mind as to what I needed as far as self-reflection and healing before I was ready to get back in a relationship. You need to get your notepad out, get your pencil, get your pen because I'm about to take you guys to school on this one. Now, I have a few questions for you if you think you're ready to get back in a relationship. Have you resolved your inner pain or your inner childhood wounds? Are you happy without a significant other or lover in your life? Do you feel whole and complete on your own? Do you take responsibility for filling your own needs by working on being your own source of love? approval, goals, purpose, growth, and happiness. You don't need to revert to the quick fix solution of needing to connect with a potential mate. Now, if you've answered yes to these questions, more than likely you're ready to get out there and date again. So for all my listeners who think that you're ready to get back out there and date again, and you say that you have answered yes to all these questions that I just asked, let me share another story about my experiences with you. When I started my healing journey and what it looked like when I was healed and I knew I was ready to start dating again. Yes, we all know that I've been narcissistically abused most of my adult life. I finally realized deeply the reasons why I was narcissistically abused was because I was unconsciously attached to someone who represented my inner childhood unresolved problems. So I used to hand over my power to individuals that I could cling to for approval and love no matter how much they hurt me. By the grace of God, I worked at consistently dealing with my old fears that had led to me being wounded to the point where I unconsciously looked to other people to validate me for approval for my happiness. For two years, I made it my personal mission to partner directly with life and working on healing. For the first time in my life, after over 25 years of previous abuse, I took this on because I had enough of the pain. I had enough of the abuse. So as I got stronger, I got rid of all the narcissists in my life, which included my partner, some family members, and friends that I had to detach from completely. 
I stopped trying to force these people to love me. I decided to deal with myself and face dealing with the inner work regarding my childhood wounds. I started studying my, my life's passions. I expanded my social networks um, during the pastimes that I loved. And for the first time in my life, loving life and feeling whole on my own, yes, I put in the work that allowed me to heal, which in return expanded my knowledge and my consciousness. I started back dating when I felt that I finally had something to give to a relationship as a pure source of love and wholeness rather than needing a partner to complete me. Now, while dating and developing my life purpose, I was just as content to see a girlfriend on a Saturday night or read a book, go to a yoga class, go to a dance class, or just to go out to dinner with a man. In other words, a man was in no way any condition to my happiness and feeling of being whole because I had made it my mission to know my own self-worth, to never again rely on someone else's approval, attention, and being in a position of being with someone who wasn't right for me because I didn't want to be alone or depending on someone to make me feel happy. Yes, child. I am way past male hookups. I am way past male interactions and attention to simply fill the gaps until someone better came along. Please, honey child, those days are over and they have been over for a long time. I also recognize in previous relationships that my own insecurities and fears with men to fill my gaps was time lost when I could be healing them. So I didn't really see the point anymore. I understood that I would continue to have the same problems in my relationships with men until I healed my inner wound. For all my listeners out there, I started dating myself first. And I told myself that I was my own soulmate. And I am the prize that I have my eyes on. I'm doing great and this works for me because even by myself, I am experiencing the bliss and feelings of incredible happiness on my own. So much so that at times, my heart is just overflowing with joy and love. How exciting it would be when I would one day be sharing this healthy ways with someone else. I hope you guys got a really clear picture from my life story and understand what it looks like when it's time for you to start dating again. Remember, this takes time and it's done in baby steps. And if you're confused about how to deal with your past abuse so you won't have to be abused again, go to my website at risinghigherlife.com to schedule a free one-hour consultation to determine if you could benefit from one-on-one coaching. If no one has told you guys today, I love you all, and I'm sending you all a big hug. This is Coach Cookie reminding you to love yourself first as we rise higher together. Be blessed, and I'll talk to you soon.